Marty, Good welcome evening. to Down at the Docks. Mm. Uh, today we're going to have a discussion about uh, your passions mm-hmm. and your musical influences and your background in general. Okay. Um, I do know that you've recently started a show, Asfara Radio, I have. which is very exciting, mm. which we'll get to later on. All right. But um, let's go right to young Marty and okay. talk about your musical influences. Go easy, please. <laughs> okay, cool. So uh, um, I know you love your hip hop, mm. you love your rap. I do. You love your funk. Yep. I could probably name many other genres. Mm. But when did uh, your real when did your real interest start diving into music? How old was you, and what was going on in your life at the time? Well, I guess um, like the first kind of like the first music I remember would be um, you know like other than like cartoon theme tunes and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, like you know real bands was um, on a Sunday. Uh, the family would like take a tr- like there'd always be a weekly a weekly trip, and um, and we'd go you know all over the country, and every Sunday there was um, you know like there'd be a soundtrack playing in a car. Yeah, yeah. So I guess um, like my parents were like really into uh, Motown. Okay, cool. And like I wouldn't say soundtracks. One particular soundtrack, which was the Grease soundtrack. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was like that's when I remember listening to music, um, like, you know, consistently. Got you. Um, so that probably went on for a couple of years. And then when I first got into music properly, I guess I would have been maybe 12 or 13. Um, and the first band that I really got into was uh, was Blair. Okay, cool. Good choice. Yeah. And that's... Uh, that's Coffee a, and TV. Yeah, exactly. Classic. And that's, uh, that's <clears throat> a band that kind of... Um, they were doing, like, pretty much a broad spectrum of musical genres, mm-hmm. incredible songwriters, great lyricists, um, great lyricist. And, um, and that really propelled me to kind of, to want to investigate other types of music. Um, and so I always felt like, you know, really kind of like really, um, I don't know if like privileged is the word, but really kind of like certainly really happy mm-hmm. that that was the band that I got into because that really, ignited my interest in music in general. That's brilliant. Uh, when I think of Grease, the soundtrack, mm. I always think of uh, karaoke. Mm. Um, there, was, there was a period in my uh, te- late teens where uh, um, you would always hear Grease Lightning mm-hmm. on a karaoke machine. Like the Megamix. The Megamix, that was it. Oh, it's so weird because Grease was not in my generation. Mm. Well, purists like myself wouldn't like the Megamix. It was... Uh, it's just lazy, lazy if anything. Yeah. Um, but uh, but the soundtrack itself, wonderful. Um, I mean, it's endured decades and will probably be around for as long as you know humanity's around, if anything. It would. Uh, there'll be a point where the Greece soundtrack is. Um, what's the word? Uh, public. When it goes into like um, it goes into uh, like official library. Listening. Yeah, yeah. Once, uh, once a track's a hundred years old, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm going at, don't you? I do. I do. Like yeah. classical music. Yep. Public domain. Public domain. Yeah. There we go. Agreed. I mean, it's kind of uh, it's unofficially there already. Mm. Um, but yes, yeah, so, like again, you know, kind of. Um, I guess with with like 
you know, my parents being really into Motown and with uh, and with you know Greece, mm-hmm. I was lucky to kind of have that because that's very um, like really soulful music, mm-hmm. and uh, and that really um, you know kind of encapsulates your interest as well, or it did for me. I got you. When I think of my father when I was younger, he would always have Beach Boys on, mm. and he'd have it on a record, right? And uh, he used to. <laughs> he used to let me use his records, but he would oversee me to make sure that I put on the turntable properly and you know what I mean? I, I think do. we've all gone through a situation like that where we've used our parents' records and they, mm. they've had to teach us how to use a, a player properly, not to damage the goods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember yeah. my grandparents um, showing me as well, actually. Well, that's kind of like, <clears> a, <throat> like a rite of passage, if anything, because uh, that's where, you know, like, when we get into, you know, talking about hip hop, that's where hip hop came from, records. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and yeah, you know, kind of that comes from not being able to touch your, you know, like your, like the record player in the house yeah. and the records as yeah, a kid yeah. and having a fascination. Yeah. And like, you know, really wanting, you know, like it's, because um, it looks, it looks, in, it looks interesting to a kid that doesn't even know anything about music. Mm-hmm. It looks like this. Uh, there's a contraption. A contraption, like kind uh, of, uh, so it's like some kind of spatial intergalactic trap contraption. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you look at the old, uh, the old hardware mm. um, compared to now, which is mm. just phones. Yeah. Well, there's buttons and knobs and yeah. tone, bass, mids, yeah. all that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. So, um, pro- you know, pretty much a lot of you know my generation and our generation would that mm-hmm. you know really got into music to a very you know serious depth mm-hmm. probably would all have a similar story to tell mm-hmm. it's really exciting <clears throat> have you seen those uh, videos where they uh, show children or teens now um like tape players or vhs players and they just can't quite work out what they are <laughs> have you seen those videos uh i think you've shown me a few yeah, they're, they're quite interesting. I, I think uh, this one when a child's got a, uh, a tape player, cassette mm. player, and she can't quite work out what it is. It's really interesting. Yeah, that's probably um, from, this, that, from like the same range as, um, you know, like you've got young, uh, young adults and, um, you know, listening to things for, things for the first time and like mm-hmm. the reactions taped. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it could be like a classic album from like the from the nineties. Yeah. That they weren't even born, and uh, and like the, the reactions filmed. Okay. Um, so it's not too too dissimilar. Mm. I was recently watching a video where uh, um, someone was reacting to uh, Def Leppard's "Pour Some Sugar on Me" mm-hmm. or "Hysteria." Yeah. Those classic AD riffs, and uh, the reaction like just made me so happy watching that. Mm. The first time someone's receiving those those waves, mm. you know. Well, it always kind of um, it takes you back to how you thought when you first got into or you first heard something which sounded so otherworldly mm. Um, mm. in your universe at that time, mm-hmm. uh, which is what music's always done for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always kind of it's always you know introduced different ways of thinking and different like you know it's 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 more than just listening to songs. It's uh, it opens you up to you know, culture and art and a whole lot of, like the whole spectrum of, of just like, you know, yeah. of, of, you know, creativity, I guess, yeah. if anything. It's like a Pandora's box of excitement. It is. It can lead you down so many creative routes in your life. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah. it has done for me and you know I've, I've got no doubt that it has done for you as well oh yeah definitely but we can always go back to music keep rolling 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 do you like Limp Bizkit? used to you don't anymore no no one likes him anymore he looks too much like Ian Fred Durst Ian Nesbitt do you look like Fred Durst <laughs> what do you think yeah I wouldn't want to incriminate myself on camera. So that's... No, no, sorry. No. So that's sorry. a, yeah. Right, so um, we got up to the part where we was talking about um, hardware, music hardware, which is quite mm. nostalgic. Yeah. And how music is rooted amongst various creative mediums, mm -hmm. like art, yep. photography, poetry, which is not too common anymore, but I do love uh, poetry. Me being a person from South Wales, mm -hmm. Dylan Thomas. Yeah, one of the uh, the world famous Dylan Thomas. Yeah, um, obviously, he's he's miscon misconstrued as an Irish person sometimes mm -hmm. in America. Um, I remember a Family Guy episode actually, and Peter Griffin went to his Irish descendants. It mm -hmm. was like uh, a back in time sort of episode, right? And he went to his um, great 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 grandfather Dylan Thomas who had an Irish accent who lived in Ireland. Right. And I really didn't like that episode because they got the facts so wrong. <sighs> Dylan Thomas, the Irish guy. But it's a, it's, that's like a common misconception um, <clears throat> in like America for sure, mm. with, with like most accents. Mm. Um, I got asked if I was Irish when I was in New York in 2017. How'd that make you feel? Um, made me feel very proud to be Welsh and I had to explain the situation um, as as Welsh people always do we like to make sure everyone knows we're Welsh <laughs> but then you become a, you, you become a, like you have the the opportunity to to <clears throat> change people's perceptions which is always yeah. a, which is always a, it's 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 like it's a real important um, opportunity to, to do that I think Wales has lost a lot of his identity over the years um, but it's nice to know that we're still, still got our own flag on the international, international uh, scale. Um, I'll, I'll say one more thing before we go back uh, <coughs> into the crack topic. But uh, do you know in uh, Black Panther, the movie? I do. Well, I, I know the movie. You, you've seen it, yeah? I have. So the part where they're at the United Nations, mm -hmm. um, they actually had Wales as an mm. independent country oh, wow. at the United Nations in, I think it was like, um, Black Panther's like made, uh, meant to be set in like 2026, something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And they, they've actually predicted Wales' independence and included us at the United Nations in the movie as an independent country, which is awesome, I think. It is. And like uh, Black Panther is one of the most important films of recent times for obvious reasons, and for, mm -hmm. but for many different reasons. And, um, and inclusivity. Um, is extremely important in general. <clears throat> it is, and, um, and to have that, um, you know, like if Black Panther was like, you know, in the stratosphere anyway, which it kind of is for like most people, then mm -hmm. it just it mm -hmm. shatters the stratosphere, mm -hmm. if that's possible. So if anything, it just go higher. It just has. It is, and you know, you know what's amazing? Um, unfortunately, the act, uh, what's the actor's name again? Um, it is, Chadwick. So he, yeah. So he unfortunately died mm. last year, was it, before the pandemic? 
but he's going to be playing Miles Davis in a movie oh, yeah? coming out. Yes. Oh wow! I've studied a lot of uh, about Miles Davis when I was in college. Music was one of the degrees I took in college. Actually, mm. he had a major heroin addiction mm. when he was younger. Uh, he pioneered fusion jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, his father locked him in a barn mm. and made him go teetotal. Mm. <clears throat> and he fed him under the door. So if you want to explore a wild trip, look, look into Miles Davis's life story sometime. Yeah, um, it's kind of that particular style of music uh, at that time. Mm. Um, every pioneer, it's kind of like there's so much tragedy um, in all of the figureheads' lives, mm-hmm. um, and so much like kind of like so much magic um, has come out of that music yeah, and that yeah. time frame. Yeah. Um, which is kind of like feeds into true beauty comes from true pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. when, you know, like when there's like stuff not exactly going right in your life, that's when you become extremely creative because you need to get it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's definitely, that's a, that's a great argument for that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes having a listening ear is not enough, mm, even yeah. though that does help. It helps, it helps. Um, got to get it out in other means possible sometimes. You do. Uh, a listening ear um, can definitely, it, it can't be underestimated. <clears throat> um, but if there's other healthy ways to, healthy avenues to kind of channel things mm. that are inside you, mm. then um, it should always be encouraged and you should encourage yourself to, to do it. Yeah. And don't become a Kylo Ren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't go to the dark side. Yeah, man, yeah, for sure. That's a good uh, metaphor. Um, okay, so um, we're coming into your teens now, if mm-hmm. you go right back. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so your 20s. Right. Um, was you in university at the time in 20s, or college, college maybe? Um, your late teens? I wasn't, no. I, uh, I left school and went straight into employment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, like, so that was late 90s when it happened uh, so I uh, like what I was listening to a lot at that point um, was the like the 90s alternative rock scene mm-hmm. uh, a lot of inspirational artists okay um, yeah. a lot of great characters a lot of fantastic music mm. uh, really um, like socially conscious music and mm-hmm. um, so the stuff that I would have been listening to at that time would have been like stuff like Jane's Addiction Okay, yeah. Um, very alternative. Very alternative. Um, and, you know, like the kind of, the, the like the alternative, um, you know, like the grunge scene, like I really love Soundgarden, mm-hmm. uh, Stone Temple okay. Pilots. Yeah. Uh, stuff like PJ Harvey. Mm-hmm. Incubus. Um, Incubus, well, yeah, well, they came, uh, they came. A little later? A, a little, yeah, a little later. They came like year 2001 for me, <clears> I think <throat> it was. Okay. Um, but they were a, they were like a portal to um, to like other stuff because they were probably um, like I, I don't think I was always into hip hop music but I never really um, you know like I never explored that properly mm-hmm. until like around well until the early two thousands mm-hmm. which was um, probably like the uh, it was the end of the golden age of that genre. Um, so I was aware of like you know I was, I was aware of great <clears throat> artists and pioneering hip hop artists and DJs um, from like the mid seventies, certainly through the eighties, um, but I didn't really properly explore it until 
you know, a bit later on. So, yeah, uh, so yeah like I got into Incubus um, and there were a few different reasons why I really fell in love with them as a band. Uh, they were great, uh, like great, um, you know, great <clears throat> kind of like people. Uh, they cared mm -hmm. about a lot of really important stuff. Mm -hmm. They wanted to raise awareness about really important stuff. Mm -hmm. um, they, were, they were, like in the band, there's two visual artists okay. um, who draw and paint and uh, have since had, you know, exhibitions mm. um, and even gone to like art school. So I was kind of like, wow, this, like, this is a band that kind of, that, you know, um, exemplifies all of my interests yeah, yeah. Uh, at that time. Yeah. Um, and they had a DJ in a band and, you know, kind of a lot of bands at that time had DJs in. Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of like there was a stigma about it uh, because of Lincoln the whole Park. kind of like Lincoln Park, yeah. Mm. Which, um, you know, like I never really got into that much. Um, but like, uh, but you know, there was, uh, there was a lot of anger and angst um, in a lot of music at that time. Mm. But like maybe directed in a certain way because it's good <clears> to have, <throat> it's good to have that in music and it's essential to have that in music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um but Incubus were kind of like, they were writing incredibly beautiful music. Yeah. And it was like, it was like spiritual and, um, and it was extremely positive. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you know, kind of writing about very melancholic subjects yeah. and subjects that, uh, you know, that were like, you know, um, again, extremely important that we all need to hear about and we all need to, um, you know, we all need to <clears throat> stomach. To stomach and we all need mm. to, uh, we all need to learn that we're not alone with. Uh, so like, you know, depression and, um, and, you know, very kind of what probably at one point were considered negative, mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, emotions, which we all have, mm -hmm. which, you know, mm -hmm. every emotion we can tap into at like any time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're all capable of feeling everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but Incubus were kind of, uh, they helped me out at that time because they were extremely positive. They helped me with a positive outlook on life. And they were kind of a gateway to um, to like really getting into hip hop uh, from that point. Perfect. So um, one thing I, I would mention there, since I brought up Lincoln Park, was mm. um, I don't know. I can't I can't talk for Liverpool itself because I've mm. only been here for four years. But back home there was a um, people very like very much like to keep their taste in genre yeah. split. Yes. So when Linkin Park introduced, um, they had a, a rap member of the band, didn't they? Mm -hmm. uh, they um, did. That really kicked off a lot, I think, mm -hmm. because a lot of people didn't want to didn't want to mix rock with rap, mm -hmm. and it happens. I think Corn brought that sort of style in as mm -hmm. well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they've got their sort of. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how you would explain it, but yeah. Um, they put, uh, a rap influence came into rock there, and I, yeah. I know a lot of people wanted to be very religious to their mm. their sort of tastes. Yeah, definitely, and I think um, Linkin Park were, were one of the bands to really do that, you know, well. Mm. I think they had an album; it could have been the first one called Hybrid Theory. Mm -hmm. So that's what they were kind of wanting to, you know, introduce. But I completely agree. Yeah. Um, I think uh, for me, as like a kid. In school, um, I wasn't allowed to, to, you know, to like, or, you know, you're not, I wasn't allowed, but it wasn't the done thing necessarily mm. to like a lot of different stuff. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, and I remember, uh, you know, just to go back to Blair just a bit, um, like in my school, um, 
you know, like when I first got into music, Blair were like a pretty big deal in the country, and mm -hmm. so were you know Oasis. Um, mm -hmm. And in my school, it was it was a situation where you couldn't like both, mm -hmm. um, and not many people like Blair. <laughs> so I think that was probably the first time I I felt you know you know like an outcast is like a pretty strong word. Um, but I was, you know, but I wasn't exactly in with what was going on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like as a, even, you know, 12 or 13, something as, something as unifying as music should be. Yeah. Uh, because that's exactly what it should be. Mm -hmm. And it is. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the vision was definitely there. And um, I think like maybe when like, um, when like people could, um, like they could stream tracks and they could extract tracks and they could put it onto different, formats mm -hmm. so all of a sudden you had a you know you could have like an ipod and then you could have like 35 different tracks from 35 different artists from 35 different genres yeah and that's kind of like that's <clears throat> where that first came in mm. and you know i think we're all thankful that it did yeah i think my first mp3 player was uh, an I ipod shuffle and it didn't really bother me that there was no way of navigating an album on it. Mm -hmm. It was, you, you would load it up with 250 songs and whatever came next came next. Right. Or whatever was in order when you loaded the tracks on. That never used to bother me because I used to really enjoy uh, how, the, uh, how the shuffle worked, mm -hmm. you know? There was, there's, there was no algorithm to it like they could probably do now um, with um, software would match songs based on tempo and tone, mm -hmm. I guess. But I just, I just loved it where um, a random song will come up, which you haven't heard in a while. Like that's mm -hmm. why I used to like about the iPod shovels personally. Right. Plus, they were much cheaper than uh, the iPad, uh, proper iPods at the time. Yeah. So yeah, when I was in school, uh, it was quite taboo to mix. Yeah. Your taste in musical genre, because a lot of people used to <clears throat> dress to the stereotype as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is that okay to say? Well, yeah. it's what was going on, so yeah. it's people, more than okay to say. It's people used factual. to dress to the stereotype. Green yeah. Day t-shirts mm -hmm. are offspring. In yeah. my case, a lot of Green Day t-shirts are offspring down there. You know, um, people used to get soap bars and soften them to do the spikes mm. and all sorts right. of stuff. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I hold my hand up and say I've, I've done it before as well. I've had some interesting hairstyles over the years. Yeah. But yeah, I think that was it. Well, it's then. no expression. Yeah. But well, uh, but Wales, um, it's it's like <coughs> it, it's fair to say it's always had like a, a rich history in music. Specifically, when you were you know when you <coughs> would have been you know growing up, there was a mm -hmm. lot of like mm -hmm. um, you know indie bands um, that were making like a pretty big imprint mm -hmm. uh, like on the UK charts. Yeah, yeah, there was uh, a, there was a good ten years of it, I think. Yeah, it just blew everyone out, like you know. <laughs> pretty much, well, yeah. We used um, to have a show called the Pop Factory, right? Which came on after Top of the Pops, mm -hmm. so it was like Wales's own version of like Top of the Pops, and uh, they used to give um, unsigned bands uh, a platform to go mm. on television, which is quite good. I remember Muse was on there once Muse. before they were signed. Yeah, and I can remember looking at uh, looking at them, going, "Who the hell are these?" <laughs> but their music's been really good over the years. It has. I remember. Um, on Muse's first album, uh, me and my brother, uh, we, uh, we uh, like, I think he really got into Muse and uh, like they played Liverpool, like year 2000, it, it must have been maybe. Um, and Coldplay supported Muse. Mm -hmm. um, this would have been at the, uh, at the um, like at the O2 mm -hmm. now, uh, O2 Academy. 
And um, and yes, yeah, so Coldplay, we got to see them on their first album. Yeah. Uh, in a very small setting, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, and they were fine. Uh, of course, one of the you know biggest bands. So of course they were fine. <laughs> you know they knew exactly what you know they were doing. Yeah. Exactly. But um, but yeah, you know, but kind of anything that that kind of explains why there were so many incredible bands that came from Wales at that time, like proper bands as well. You know, proper bands that played. Catatonia. Catatonia. Stereophonics. Feeder. Manix. Manix. Super Fairy Animals, which were, which one of the big, uh, one of the massive ones. Yeah. I never like I never understood how why they were so big myself growing up, mm. but um, a lot of people do suggest Super Furry Animals over a few other Welsh uh, bands. Yeah, um, just like you know maybe a little bit uh, offbeat, <clears throat> uh, so they covered more musical ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like uh, I've been listening to like some Welsh opera recently, mm. toning into my roots. Anything that you could recommend? Um, there's a song called Mafalwell, which was written in the 14th century, mm-hmm. really old. And uh, there's a cover Brintervel wow. has done, it's available on Spotify as well, mm-hmm. just to listen to it. Um, a lot of people say it's the best love song ever, wow. ever written. We'll check it out after this. Would you this. agree? Is it, um, is it on the list? Is it on the top 10? I thoroughly <laughs> agree. I, I would say it's... I mean, I would have to get some other suggestions, but even without, uh, you don't even have to convert the language, right? Because it's actually in Welsh. Okay. Uh, it's backed up by a Welsh choir as well. Mm. Oh, well, sounds... the the lead role is sung, and it's incredible. It's an incredible song. It's, I would say it's the best love song ever. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a statement. <laughs> but uh, it's a hell of a statement because uh, that song hasn't got. It's very. It's there, uh, if you know the song, you know your song mm. sort of thing. Right. Uh, it's, it's never been put in charts or anything. I mean, the song was written in the 14th century. Well, a lot of the best music, yeah, it sounds like a cliche to say, but a lot of the <clears> best music isn't. Uh, a lot of the best music is the, the music that is not sold that much. B-sides, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, back in the days where B-sides were written and a thing. Have you ever bought, um, growing up, have you ever bought a CD and you've th- there's like a B-side, mm. which comes on after the yep. first tracks in there. And you've gone, all right, let's check out this song. It's not on the album, mm-hmm. it's B-side. And you're like, wow. And you're like, what's going on here? Mm. Like, but obviously they can only fit so many songs on, can't they? Is that how it works? You yeah. tell me. Yeah, well, it is, it is how it works, um, I would say. And it just proves that there was so much, there was so much amazing music be, you know, being written at that time, mm. um, where... You could get like CD singles, <clears throat> and maybe uh, so, you know there'd be like four tracks on it, mm, and mm. three of those tracks would be B-sides, mm. original songs written uh, mm. during the recording sessions of you know an album. Yeah. And so, um, and so, yeah, you could have you know like twenty-five minutes of incredible music for like the price of one for the price of one for like <laughs> whatever at that time three ninety-nine or something. What was your first? Cassette you Oof. purchased yourself. But I, well, thankfully. And where did you purchase it? Well, thankfully, you said that I purchased myself. <laughs> Could have gotten quite embarrassing. Um, but I think <clears throat> what I purchased myself back in, like the first, the first ever, um, like album or single, or it doesn't really matter. 
They say single. Single. Yeah, they say single. Um, I was, I guess, a marketing man's dream back in those days. Uh, so uh, I was like really into the Tales, uh, Teenage Mutant mm-hmm. Ninja Tales, mm-hmm. and I got um, uh, TURT Ellie Power okay. uh, by Partners in Crime from the first movie, and I got that on cassette. It may not have been the first, but it was definitely um, it was one of the first. Mm. Mine would be, uh, this is at the point where controver- controversial songs were making their way into the UK charts. Right. Remember that? When was that? That was in the 90s when I... We was getting oddball slipping in, weren't we? Yeah. So I bought uh, Why Don't You Get a Job by The Offspring. Oh, yeah. That was my first single cassette that was. I bought that in my local town. That was um, from the album Americana. That was actually one of the first albums that I bought myself on yeah. CD. Oh, CDs. From, the, from those times. <laughs> CDs still exist, uh, which is quite cool. A lot of bands still sell them, mm. unfortunately. It's nice to have, you know, purchase a real thing. Yeah, I guess it's the same <clears> as... Um, well, they know. do limited rolls of uh, records now. Yeah. Limited set only, like, you know, like a hundred only. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's nice not to erase stuff. Um, you know, like CDs, if you look after them, will last you for your whole life, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, there, um, there's like a Prince album from the 80s that says exactly that on the CD. Um, so that's, you know, like cassettes are of a certain quality yeah. and bands now kind of, uh, almost like, um, like a, um, what, like what you would call it, um, what would you call it? Um, it's like a gimmick, uh, where kind of like, you know, bands <clears throat> do now have like cassettes, um, but like the quality is terrible. Um, but they'll just like have 100 and, you know, like it's, it's not going to last forever. No. Um, but CDs, you know, there's much more of a chance. And records, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, have many uses. Um, certainly when you're, you know, when you're playing records as a DJ um, yeah. or when you're kind of like, you know, when you're playing records at home or anywhere that you play them, it's kind of like you're making a, you're making a commitment, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. you're able to, uh, you know, so you have to go over and flip it over. Uh, mm-hmm. So you're dedicating... A bit of time and thinking well it's going to take like a bit of effort to go and do that yeah more so than just you know like um, swiping on your phone exactly um i i follow jamie cullum oh, yeah? myself um i've i've been a fan for years um and i i, I follow a lot of his unpublished music mm. um i know a lot of people when they think jamie cullum they, they think of some stuff some of the songs he's put in the charts but mm. Some of the songs he's been writing away from the media mm-hmm. that he just puts online every now and then, they're just amazing. But um, he, he released an album just before uh, the first lockdown and he released the album in cassette and LP mm. as well, which no I thought CD? was quite good. Um, CDs were available, but right. he, did, he did a limited edition batch of um, records and mm. cassettes, which I thought was really cool. Um, there's def the cassettes are definitely coming around. I think. I, yeah, yeah. I could. I, I. I see people every now and then with a cassette player or a boombox, which has that compatibility put back in. Mm-hmm. So, um, maybe a few years from now, we might see it do a full, full one eighty. Probably. Um, I've got <clears> a like. I got like a. Um, I'm very fortunate. I got like a record player. Um, probably about like nine years ago. 
yeah. um, from Klaus Olsen. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, and I think I got it for like about sixty nine ninety nine at the time. Um, and that has like a CD player, mm-hmm. uh, a cassette player or deck, mm-hmm. and uh, like a, you know like a turntable all in one. <clears throat> Can you hit record and then play a, a record? Uh, I c- I've not tried it. Does it have a, a radio built in as well? It does have a radio built in, yeah. So can you put the radio on and press record on the cassette? Uh, well, you're not meant to do that, are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Garrett. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, uh, my grandparents had a, a similar a, a setup with a record player, mm-hmm. um, two cassette decks and a mini amp. And uh, my cousin used to put like uh, the re- uh, the charts on mm. on a Sunday. Yeah, and she she just used to hit record. Well, now well now you've incriminated your family first. Uh, yeah, I our, haven't spoke to her in years. Yeah, our family did that as well, or I yeah. did that as well. Yeah. I, f- I think it, it was very common. Mm. You know, what the, another thing which uh, uh, you could do if um, you had two VHS players in mm. the house and you rent a movie from. Um, blockbusters. Right. If you put the cassette in, put the SCART in the input on the next one, then output, press play and record on a blank, and you can watch the movie while duplicating the... Right. <laughs> if you had two VHS players. Well, when, uh, when all this stuff comes back in, because uh, VHS players probably are going to come back in, yeah, again, in like about five or so years' time. Yeah, yeah. You just, um, you just like given everybody every incriminating <laughs> idea um, they could ever have. Uh, <clears throat> they'll probably come with... Because if you purchase a, uh, a song or a movie, mm. uh, you, you're, you're essentially buying a personal license to yeah. uh, uh, consume it as many times as mm-hmm. you want. Yeah, The so. same with computer games too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but consoles, uh, games, consoles like obviously release like the PS4 or the 5. And they, they don't, uh, they've allowed that cross compatibility sort of, but in some cases they don't, mm-hmm. which end up with people repurchasing the game. But um, just buying it once is a personal license, mm-hmm. which you should never need to purchase that song ever again. Right. That's the theory behind it, but the company's kind of, uh, they put in these blockades mm-hmm. sometimes, so that doesn't happen. Obviously, with music, it's a lot easier to keep hold of music. Mm-hmm. With games, it's different. Yeah. Software, I guess. But uh, yeah, I like my games. I kind of you do love your games. Yeah. You do love your games. I love playing games. I've <clears throat> I've I found a lot of inspiration from games, and mm-hmm. I've also found a lot of uh, amazing soundtracks from mm. games as well. Yeah, definitely <coughs> um, soundtracks for sure. Um, I personally am hopeless at. Any computer game I've, I've ever, you know, kind of tried to get into, um, but like graphics-wise, visually, always mm. incredibly mm. impressed, and definitely, as you say, soundtracks for sure. So now we're talking about soundtracks. Mm. Let's talk about movies, mm-hmm. which have great soundtracks. Yes. You tell me. You tell me about some movies that have some great soundtracks. Well, I guess stuff that I. Um, that I would say that would that would be would be the case with. Uh, I like um, Enter the Dragon, mm-hmm. uh, the Bruce Lee like Hollywood breakthrough film, and yeah. sadly his last mm. film, uh, certainly his, his last you know big film, mm. uh, incredible soundtrack um, by um, Lalo Schifrin, 
um, who did a lot of uh, like a lot of soundtrack work around that time, okay. uh, like around the seventies. Um, was his music? Uh, uh, did he compose for other movies as well as End of the Dragon? He did compose for other films. <clears throat> um, yeah, um, like I'm pretty sure. I uh, like it. You know, you could fact check me on this, and I'd be incorrect. But um, I, I think he, he may have done a Bullet, the Stephen Queen film, as okay. well. Okay. Um, but he was one of a number of great composers at that time. Um, Harry Mancini, uh, sorry, Henry Mancini, mm-hmm. who did um, like the Pink Panther. Okay, yeah. Films. Yeah. Soundtrack then. And uh, Philip Bond. Uh, no, Philip Bond couldn't have done the Bond films. That's just, that's ludicrous. No. But whoever did um, the, um, the Bond films, um, like uh, um, around that time, who again, um, Henry Mancini may have done a few of them as well, like, mm. you know, like mm. a few of the Bond films. I think maybe he did. <clears throat> What's your favorite Bond movie? <laughs> I would say, um, I would say, uh, and this is definitely nothing to do with the soundtrack, but just based <laughs> on what it is, okay. um, the one with uh, the one with Roger Moore in, um, uh, Live and Let Die, um, set in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, but that's got no- nothing to do with the soundtrack. They, they got street festivals and everything in yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. You really, you got a taste for the culture in that movie, you do. don't you? You do, and I think that's what they always try to aim for, uh, but they like they nailed it with mm. that. And uh, voodoo is still uh, a common, uh, what do you call it, a religious mm. religion? Yeah. Voodoo, black magic is still mm-hmm. is still very well known mm. um, in the Miss- Mississippi as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Very interesting, isn't it, to know that voodoo is still uh, a common religion in that part of uh, the States. Yeah, it is. I think... Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, like with every, you know, like, you know, religions that have been around, you know, for all time, they're mm. just never going to go away. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, but it's, it is, it's an interesting insight. Um, and probably like, you know, James Bond films are what they are, aren't they? You yeah. know, but that's, uh, but that's definitely one of the more intriguing ideas that they had. My, my father loves a James Bond mm. movie and he's always talking about the next one. Is, is, does Daniel Craig have one more to go? Apparently, um, well, he's uh, he has done the one which has been forever delayed because of the time the times that we're in. Uh, but <clears> that'll be his last one. Uh, but your dad must be like freaking out uh, because for the past like two years, it's all been about who's going to be the next guy to play him. Every time I catch up with my father, he always we always have the same conversation. Mm-hmm. Does he have a favorite? Or a preferred candidate? Um, I think Daniel Craig is probably his favourite. Mm. I don't know why. I think he, he might, he might relate to him in some way. You know, which, uh, you know, my dad's uh, quite uh, brutish. <laughs> I think that Daniel Craig is probably the brutish out of all the um, James Bonds. I think he's very grounded and. He's the Maybe it's the way it's been directed, but he's very mm. gritty, unlike some of uh, previous uh, James Bond. He's the closest to the source material. Is he? Because uh, James Bond is, <clears throat> is a flawed character. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, he's, he's as close to the source material as it's gotten to date. <clears throat> it's quite interesting to know. So James Bond probably smells more like a farmer than someone with Pagaroban on. Yeah. 
Yeah, a bit, <laughs> bit of BO thrown in as well. But he is though, and he's a... Yeah. Yeah, it's quite cool. It's funny to see, uh, what's that show on uh, Amazon, Knives Out? Mm. He mm -hmm. really looks, as, he looks much older than what you think in that, I think. Mm. Well, how old is he now? Like, <clears throat> 50s? Who knows? Who knows? How old is uh, Tom Cruise? He's, uh, he's 59, isn't he? <laughs> he must be. He must be One by now. One year off 60, Tom Cruise, mm. and he's still kicking ass like a 25-year-old spring chicken. Doing his own stunts. Yeah. This is amazing. But that's uh, maybe that, you know, <clears throat> that's, uh, he's got his own religion. Should we go down there? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> My girlfriend watches a lot of uh, documentaries on uh, Scientology. We've, we've passed the Scientologists, Scientology church in New York when we went as well. Mm -hmm. It really, it's like, whoa, this thing actually is real, isn't it? When you see that, an actual church or Scientology. Yeah, and um, you know, like they say, Tom Cruise is like very, very high up uh, in the chain. He's put um, a lot of money into it. Yeah, like, yeah, like a heaps, heaps, heaps of cash. And um, there's, there's all kinds of hellacious Hollywood stories mm. about uh, when people have tried to leave. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he's been... Hotel California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's been a <clears throat> very persuasive. He is, yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's go back on track. So we're in our 20s now. Mm. Yeah. Um, where should we go? What was, uh, what was your social life like back then? And your social life where music kind of mixed. Mm. What was you up to? Where was you to at the age of like 25? Was you in Liverpool or? At the age of 25, I was in Liverpool at the age of 25, I think. Um, but I went, um, like my mum, uh, she, uh, she moved uh, to, uh, to a Canary Island. Oh wow. Um, like w when I was 20, Two, 22 or 23. Are so, there canaries there? That's the question. It is the question, and it's a common question. Uh, and you'd have to ask her. Yeah. Yeah, she could have her own show. Canary Islands but, are just off the coast of Spain, right? Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think I was about 22 when she uh, moved over there. So I found myself uh, in a position uh, to be able to move over there myself. Uh, when I was, I think probably when I was just nearly 26. Um, okay, yeah. And so, uh, and so I ended up um, living over there for like about a year. Um, I, was, um, I was initially working um, in like a karaoke bar uh, run by a lovely, um, a lovely woman named Cindy Goodwin, I believe her name was. Goodwin. A great character. Um, and she'd been on the island for like about 15 years. Um, she uh, she was a massive like Lionel Richie fan, <clears throat> and she had a place uh, she had a bar called Rockies, and um, and they had like a karaoke night like three times a week. Okay. Uh, my mum uh, ended up working there first because her partner used to run the karaoke night there. Okay. Um, and so I was living there for a bit, looking for stuff to do. After a while, uh, I ended up uh, working at that bar, uh, paid just in tips, and. Um, so I did that for about eight weeks, and then I ended up um, working as part of an entertainment team, which is a which is a, a thing over there okay. for this for this hotel. Okay. Um, so we kind of uh, our job was to entertain the guests, um, do like you know do 
games with the guests in the daytime, and uh, we would like perform a show for the guests once every like once a week. Okay. Um, so I was listening <laughs> to like all kinds of different music there. Um, so one of my who a guy who became a dear friend out there, his name is Yanko, okay. and um, and he was like really into kind of like he was into street dance. Um, uh, so that was the first time that I'd ever seen. Or, any, or the first time I'd ever known anyone who I could call a friend mm. who was doing mm. that type of stuff. Mm. Uh, so he showed me a few moves there, and um, and yeah, so we kind of uh, so we were put on a sh- like a show for the guests. So I was kind of like you know listening to all kinds of stuff at that point, a lot of like old show tunes. I had no idea you lived on the Canary Islands. I know this is uh, this is if, it's uh, it's a dark secret that I keep. You've you know, as me. soon as you flat you flash the lights on me, it all comes out. That's amazing. I'm singing like a canary. I didn't realise how cultured you was, mate. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, so at that point, it was like you know, sort of listening to a lot of uh, stuff that I wouldn't usually listen to. Um, mm-hmm. One of um, like one of um, you know, like the show that we performed for the guests was like it was like a sketch show uh, with a whole lot of different stuff in there. <clears throat> so. Um, we uh, so one of the routines that we had to learn was like it was like a ballet routine, okay. Which is something that I um, that I never would have had the opportunity to kind of, you know, to to to, to do even to like a very very small amount. Yeah. Uh, like a, a, a as much of a snippet as it gets, uh, but I was still able to kind of like you know, to have an introduction to it and then go out and perform it to these to these guests. Uh, so it was like you know listening to some ballet music at that time. Um, like old, like you know, seventies show tunes, like cabaret stuff, at that point, um, and uh, and you know, and also, of course, as you'd imagine, homegrown music, you know, Canarian artists, you know, like Canarian hip hop. Mm. Um, I didn't even think think that. Yeah, um, there was a good music scene there. Yeah. yeah, you know, like they like you know, um, like because of the nature of the island, I guess, uh, it was all like live, it was all about live entertainment. Mm-hmm. So they had like a lot of really great live music. Again, like stuff that I would not have been able to, I wouldn't otherwise have had any, any exposure to. Mm. So like the year that I was there, I did like, I did like loads really, because uh, initially there was all of like, you know, like at the karaoke bar, Rockies, um, like a lot of like Scandinavian guests would, would, <clears throat> would go there, um, a lot of English guests. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, a couple of like, you know, Italian guests. Um, so what would, it was like a nice mix. Yeah, what would be the, the island's sort of like core genre? But they, was it Spanish influence? Was it like flamenco going on? Or? As far as like homegrown stuff, I would say it was flamenco, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it was. I can, I know a few flamenco tunes on a classical guitar. Yeah, well, um, at the, uh, like the resort that I was working at, um, it was called Amphi Del Mar. Okay. And uh, they had like a, they had like four or five different hotels on the island, um, and like three of those <clears throat> five hotels were all were they were all like in the one complex, mm. and so they had like loads of bars there, and they had like um, you know like shops, uh, you know different like leisure uh, facilities. Mm-hmm. So on any given night, you could wander by, and you would be seeing like you know flamenco guitar players. Mm-hmm. Um, in the restaurants and like whatnot. Absolutely, I love flamenco. Yeah, uh, very uh, <clears throat> beautiful um, type of music, and very like you know like very maybe not maybe like dramatic's not the word, but it's like it's a real performance. But there's a it's driven. 
mm. with the drive, the drive in flamenco, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah, um, and also they had like, you know, sort of, um, I guess like the clubs that they had there were very influenced by like, um, by the American hip hop scene, I guess, really. Mm. Um, so I got an insight into, into that as well. Um, and then when it came, when it came back, um, I was able to, uh, I was able to actually take, you know, kind of break dancing courses or you know, classes, I should say. Oh yeah, you you was doing break dance. Yeah, yeah. Um, not very good at it. Um, You've, you're quite a tall guy. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, very tall guy. I can imagine you taking doing a few uh, sweeping kicks, like mm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, sweep sweep about ten guys out in once you probably could like. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to say that was the only reason that people weren't standing around me, but it was also my uh, my ability. I can imagine a spinning top like ten mm. meters long, like going around yeah, on the floor. Yeah, that's it. And, I mean, and I'd like to say that that's the reason why I never did anything like that. But again, it was because he was dangerous. My lack of ability. <laughs> Uh, but I was able to kind of, um, I was able to, to, to kind of come home and and, um, and at that point, there was an incredible um, like breakdance scene here. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, um, you know, there was like a group of dancers, and uh, like they go out on like a Saturday afternoon into town mm-hmm. and they would like busk mm-hmm. uh, and do like a routine. Yeah. And again, I I was not I was wasn't up to that level and never would be um, if I, <clears throat> you know, tried to breakdance every day for the rest of my life. Um, but kind of but to know those guys and, and just to know that that was going on um, in mm. like in a city was mm. uh, it was great what i've noticed quite popular now is uh, dancing on roller skates mm-hmm. um if if like i've been down by the pier head a few times yeah and there's a few people down there with uh, uh boom boxes on the floor mm. and they're like doing routines on skates yeah i find it really cool well that's the uh, that's like the, the next level mm. Uh, skate skating's gone around because uh, Liverpool's quite. Um, I wouldn't say it's well known for it, but mm. Liverpool's got a roller derby team. Mm. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and uh, this the um, you've got that subculture then of uh, people who dance on skates mm. who, who really enjoy that sort of sport. I've noticed a lot of people practicing down there, mm. and also this is a great location to practice um, any dance, I guess, really, or any like any skating. Mm. It's so smooth down there, and this. Um, well done to Liverpool Council for mm. not uh, putting signs up deterring people. They yeah. actually, I wouldn't say they encourage it, but they allow it to happen. Yeah, don't allow. They? Which yeah. is uh, which is quite cool, I think. Um, I can imagine uh, other cities being not being as lenient. Yeah. Liverpool's been always been quite lenient with uh, the people who live here. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess like you know, encouragement is is one thing. Allowing is another thing. Mm. Uh, as you say, yeah. If you're not gonna, if you're not causing any bother, it's a skill as well. Like it know? is a skill, and you you need places to do it. Yeah. Well, like um, <coughs> like you know, like anyone that can skateboard, like that's that's a real skill. Mm. Um, and for years you've seen like you know skateboarders, um, you know, up and down the docks. Yeah. Uh, it takes like incredible talent and persistence and dedication. Oh, it is. Uh, yeah. And concentration to, you know, to like properly do that. It is. Um in a in another life, I've always uh, imagined myself not being a pro skater, but being able to use a skateboard mm. well enough to get around. Well, the great thing is uh, we can have as many life, you know, as 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 corny as this as, as this will sound. We can have as many lifetimes as we want in the lifetime that we live. Mm. So the only thing that prevents us from from doing something like that is ourselves. I guess. So there's always a new start. There's always a new beginning. Um, until we get to the end. You can add a new dimension on. Mm. 
fall out. I mean, because I bought that electric scooter recently. Of course, yeah. I thought that uh, I thought that I was going to have issues, and yeah. I just talked to it like a duck on water. Well, for sure, because I've just <coughs> uh, I've just had a I've just been privy to seeing you <laughs> scootering around on it, and that's it. And that's uh, exactly it. You are a natural. You know, one day I might fall off, my confidence might be gone to zero. I used to love rollerblades. Uh, I used to have blades when I was a kid, but when I fell off that one time. Um, it's a bit scary trying to go back on them sometimes. Well, I guess, like many things, confidence is like fluid. Um, so as mm. soon as you as soon as you think you've got it all figured out, that's when, you know, mm-hmm. you just that's when you fall flat on your face. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a constant like roller coaster of um, <laughs> you know of just like of being able to do do stuff and then telling yourself you can do stuff and then mm. thinking, oh man, I can't do mm. do stuff. I can't do this stuff. So. I should really get a helmet though. So if that does happen, my confidence won't be as knocked as mm. much as it would without the correct safety gear on, I guess. Well, acknowledging um, that probably at some point your confidence it will be knocked is a great step in the right direction anyway, or a great scootering in the right path. <laughs> Scooting in the Scooting dark in the right path. path. Right, so let's go to your 30s now. Mm-hmm. Let's just do a bit of a leap. Yeah. Um, still in Liverpool? Still in Liverpool, still in Liverpool. What's the scene like in your 30s? Um, yeah, kind of a bit more, uh, you know, a bit more relaxed, uh, a bit more, hopefully, um, a bit more willing to uh, to kind of like, you know, check other stuff out and not think, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like, what's the, like, what, like, what, um, what business do I have checking out this? Yeah, yeah. Um, so definitely, I think uh, in my thirties, I've consciously made an effort to check out more new music, more new artists. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely come from the DJing, which didn't start until my thirties, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and discovering that um, you know, like discovering that the discoverment of music mm-hmm. is so contagious. It's so um, yeah, you know, contagious and, and kind of like, you know, <clears throat> magical. Mm. And uh, and for me, probably that's when I realized I'm not like a rock fan. I'm not like a hip hop fan. I'm not like a dance fan. I'm a music fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, not, you're not part of anything specific. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think not these days. Um, you know, like I get extremely excited by, um, by like a lot of different stuff. Mm. Um, so, mm. you know, music across the spectrum. I've um, noticed you're very... You're very delightful when, uh, for for anyone to show you new music as well. I am. I, as as I, I have showed, I well, you showed me some, some great tunes. stuff. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, and you know, kind of at one point, I would have been. I hope not. I hope I wouldn't have been dismissive, but wouldn't have been, um, you know, kind of like keen to mm. to to kind of check out mm. everything that you know I can check out these days. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that that's kind of happened. Uh, but you've shown me some some like you know great stuff. Um, and you know, like uh, the incredible people in my life that are into incredible music, show me stuff every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like a lot of like the kind of you know, like a lot of the consistent artists that have consistently been into uh, in my thirties has been stuff like Odd Future, um, who kind of uh, who was who were and still are. Um, you know, in, in terms of their, their legacy, sadly, they're not together as a collective anymore. Yeah. But in terms of their legacy, 
um, they're pretty as they're as important as anything has ever been um, in terms of you know kind of artists that are completely themselves and they encourage you to be yourself and there's all kinds of different um, you know kind of <clears throat> lifestyle choices and and you know lifestyle you know you know people's lifestyles that aren't you know choices and mm. um, they are extremely well represented by that group um, and like Frank Ocean uh, you know kind of came from Odd Future or you know he was around writing songs for other artists before he joined that collective but that's where he kind of he came to you know global prominence and Frank Ocean's been one of the best artists for me of the past decade um, yeah. Tyler the Creator yeah. um, you know um, um, Sid um, from like you know at the, at the internet mm-hmm. um, so there's been like so many different offshoots so Odd Future have been massively important. Um, Billie Eilish um, has been massively important. I've, you, I've noticed you uh, share a lot of Billie Eilish. I do on, share uh, a lot. Well, she's um, she's such a, a you know again she's such an important artist um, for uh, for everybody. Uh, a great role model for um, for like you know young women, and old mm-hmm. you know older mm-hmm. women. A, you know, a great model for young men, <clears throat> boys, she's a, old men. She's a great role model for every, everybody. Yeah, she's a good advocate for a. Um, Putting people on the right path, mm. I guess, and uh, she's a good advocate for the change, the ever-changing world around us. Mm. Well, she's um, she's you know she's like nineteen years of age now, been in the public eye, glaring gaze of, of the public eye, uh, mm. you know, for like three or so years now. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an incredible musician, which you know, which you need to have that anyway. Mm. But um, but her kind of. Um, her approach to uh, to fame, you know, and, and having this uh, incredible gaze upon her, which I'm sure it's been difficult for her. Um, and she actually brought out a documentary recently, mm. um, which I'm sure is going to explore that, which uh, I, I am um, yet to see. And I'm sure it's been incredibly difficult uh, at times. Mm. But she's somebody that kind of that seemingly is able to just adapt to to to, to this, you know. <clears throat> Unbelievable weight of um, of fame, you know mm. that is mm. you know, honor. Uh, she's mm. uh, she's yeah you know, she got a great um, fashion sense, which is mm-hmm. entirely uniquely her own, mm. um, and she you know she's just somebody that is exactly what is needed. Um, it's needed right now in you know today's world, uh, it, and it's been needed you know forever. It's kind of like rewriting the rule book on what a mainstream <clears throat> you know, mainstream, which is kind of which mm. is not mm. really. Do you um, think? Um, do you think she wouldn't have been given a platform if uh, someone like her was emerging ten to fifteen years ago? It probably would have been more difficult because um, for, um, I guess like there's a lot of spoon-fed mm. um, stuff out there, and uh, for someone like herself to grow her own platform like mm-hmm. that, to become super famous like that. Um, I can imagine 10 to 15 years ago, um, people like that being shot down before they even start. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm carrying at? I do. And <clears throat> I reckon you're right. Um, like specific, like definitely um, about like 20 years ago where, um, where like what was like mainstream pop was a whole different thing. Mm. Uh, and it was extremely manufactured. Mm-hmm. And all those acts, you know, nothing against those acts, 
um, they brought a lot of joy to 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 you know kids yeah, yeah. like things. Yeah. Um, Gareth Gates. Gareth Gates, yeah. Um, Will Young, I Will, think. Will Young. I actually do like Will Young. I think he's really good. Well, and he, he still creates great songs. Yeah, it? well, Will Young, uh, he had like more control <coughs> over what he was doing. He didn't. Great win. vocalist. He didn't win though, did he? I don't think he did. No. It was Gareth Gates who won. It was. Um, yeah, so like you know, and what was going on in like America with like you know the Backstreet Boys and and those acts, um, it was like a whole different thing. So I don't think someone like you know Billie Eilish probably would have been as um, as prominent. You know, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> it's all about you know just you know what you know. It's like maybe she's a product of the ever changing world yeah. that we live in, yeah. uh, or a more aware world uh, because. Like, you know, the different lifestyles that are out there, um, they've always been around, um, but there's just more exposure. Uh, and, you know, thankfully there is. Yeah. These and days. Then, um, I think the way social media works, it allows us to choose mm. who is a celebrity. Yeah. Um, based on the, obviously, the artist's hard work mm -hmm. being prone out. I mean, <clears throat> You could, you know, the Kardashians, you can argue the point with their, their amazing business mm -hmm. family. Yeah. And yeah, then so, you yeah. can, but you, you see emerging artists being, um, if you put something good online and people like it, mm -hmm. um, you, can, you can grow so quick. I feel. Yeah. Well, you artists know. themselves are in more control of their image and, and <clears throat> you know, what they want to portray, mm. um, which is definitely a major positive. Mm. Um, if you think of Michael Jackson as well, um, his persona later on in life was probably curated more by lawyers mm. and people in a, uh, people with uh, legal mm -hmm. um, powers, mm -hmm. I guess. You know, I don't know. Did did we? I mean, Michael Jackson is. Uh, I mean, some people don't like him because mm -hmm. of you know. I don't know my own opinion of Michael Jackson, but based on the amount of stuff and evidence prior then, obviously no, maybe he wasn't the person that we all thought, but mm -hmm. um, Michael Jackson did have a persona which was kept for a long time. Mm. And uh, you've got to, I always think if it was uh, um, himself or not, you know what I mean? People like to encapsulate that part of the artist. Yeah. <clears throat> and he, he was on a lot of drugs as well. He put, yeah. Might not even know what he was up to. Mm. Yeah. Well, and as like you know, like when he was famous, um, there was probably a lot more of that, you know, kind of like of of a record label really, um, you know, like controlling what the public mm. thinks of an artist. Mm. Um, whereas mm. with like social media um, and artists having more platform, you know, having you know. <clears throat> like a bigger more personal platform mm. um, then that's kind of that's changed the game in that sense mm. where you know we as consumers we are able to kind of you know check things out ourselves um, and yeah. there's more um, it, it just the whole thing you know it just feels more more real yeah yeah um, <clears throat> I guess having I, I guess social media allows um, celebrities to mess up mm. as well you know what I mean um, say things inappropriate online yeah. and kind of screw their own careers up. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Who was, who was uh, the lead singer of Wham? George? George Michael. George Michael. So, um, 
I think he was kind of encapsulated a lot until his later years mm. when pe people started realizing uh, what George Michael was really like. They tried relaunching his career, didn't they? Based on they did. based on Britain's Got Talent or Pop Idol. Remember when mm -hmm. they launched an album on that? Right. And I was like, oh. I think George Michael was brilliant though. His songs were incredible. Great, um, like great artist. Uh, Great did, singer. Did he have number one for Christmas 2021? Sounds... And it was like, it was last Christmas, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I thought it was, it, it was the first time hitting a number one, wasn't it? I think that's what the case was. For the, I, yeah, I recall. I thought that would have been yeah. number one multiple years. Yeah. Um, but like Mariah Carey, <clears> I think the same thing was, uh, was with her. Um, because, oh, yeah, yeah. Because she's, uh, she's got one of the biggest like most successful Christmas songs of all time but I don't think it ever hit the top spot or maybe not until recently mm -hmm. remember when uh, remember when uh, they, they had a change the way the music charts worked because of uh, online mm. downloads and um, what's that oh what's his name <laughs> bald guy plays drums do 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 Phil Collins yeah it, it, yeah so it, it it allowed the songs to get screwed up then, didn't it? Right. You know what I mean? So Phil Collins got up there once as well for Christmas. Ah, uh, yeah. Wasn't? That's it. That was like the year the, the internet decided to control the charts. Yeah, but yeah that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, when, well, when it's not just like physical sales and it's not about what's out there. Mm. And then it's, you know, then like, you know, downloads and the massive wealth of, uh, of music, which is, you know, all over the internet. When you include that, Mm. Didn't Machine Head happen. get number one as well? Um, was it Machine Head? Like Rage Against Machine. Didn't Rage it? Against yeah. Machine. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, they but, got number one. But Machine Head, um, you know, they had some pretty, pretty, pretty okay songs. Yeah. Uh, so that would have been a good shakeup if they did get to number one. Awesome. So we've gone over an hour now, yeah. So we should jump to mm. now. Yeah. And I think we should bring you back on as a cast later on. Yeah, yeah. That's great, right, man. Cool. So That's I'll great. just say that and I'll just say that now. So uh, tell me what's going on now in your life. Obviously, you've, we've covered so much ground. Mm. I feel it would be appropriate to bring you back as a guest yeah. later on. But uh, tell us what's going on in your life at the moment. So what's going on now, uh, you alluded to uh, at the top of the hour, uh, which was um, I'm uh, like in this very beautiful building. Um, Edward the Edward Pavilion. Pavilion. Yeah. Um, I have very re I've very recently, uh, within the past week, started my own uh, radio show. Uh, and you yourself, uh, with your incredible um, graphic skills, um, have it helped me okay. out. It was okay. Uh, so I did the first uh, the first episode uh, last week. Um, it's called Inside the Belly of the Beats. Oof. Um, so that's kind of like a, so, and of course that was an opportunity uh, that I was, I was coming down to see you uh, to drop off some artwork. Because <clears throat> um, I, 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 like, I love to draw as well. Yeah. So I was dropping down some artwork to you um, and one of, your, uh, one of your colleagues in, in, uh, in this building, we got talking, yeah. he said, uh, you said, oh, well, like, you know, Marty's a DJ. Um, <laughs> And, and boom. And boom, yeah, it happened. And he was able to kind of, uh, so there's, there's a radio station uh, in this building called uh, Svara Radio. Um, I was introduced um, to the guys, uh, my new very good friend, Josh. Um, I had a meeting with him. 
uh, we talked about music and about why I would want to do a show. Um, and then the next week I was doing it, and then two days later it was on. So uh, so yeah, now thank you. So now uh, very gratefully uh, I'm in this building once a month doing uh, a radio show. That was incredible. That's just I don't it's know. It's opportunity. The opportunities arrive when you put yourself out there. Yeah, I guess so. And yeah. if it, that's exactly what happened that day. You put yourself out to drop some artwork off, and positive vibes just flowed. Positivity, um, you know, like enables other positivity. So we were having like a good afternoon. It, it, it was the first time I'd seen you in in months. It was um, because of obviously long, the situation long yeah, that we're all in. Um, I dropped down the artwork. We had a brief catch up, and then next thing that's happening. So, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so very uh, exciting. <clears throat> that was your first show, which was aired on Easter Sunday. Easter at Sunday, two it was indeed. Yeah, three o'clock. Yeah. So I think, um, so I am going to be doing like a monthly show. It's going to be, as far as I know right now, it's going to be a Saturday, mm -hmm. three till five. Mm -hmm. uh, once a month, it may be the first Saturday of every month. I'm not mm -hmm. too sure if that's the case yet. But, um, but I'll be posting about all that on, uh, on Instagram because that's where we all post these, our yep. things these days. Um, and of course, Svar Radio themselves are on, um, they're on Instagram. And also um, they, uh, they have their own website. Uh, you can listen to the station uh, on the website or there's a free downloadable app. Brilliant. I downloaded the app myself. Yeah. Uh, and you know it, a good app when you see one. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. I was impressed. So all the information that we've uh, discussed today will be available in the description section on this video. But um, that was a hell of an hour that flown mm, by. It was, yeah. Um, I want to say thanks to Marty for coming in today. It was, it's been amazing to see you. Thank you for having me. Um, um, bringing the vibes in as well. It's always, uh, it's, you know, it's always great to, to speak with you. Um, you know, great stuff always happens whenever we, we, we speak, um, even if it's just um, <laughs> having a great time ourselves. So you always go have a good time. When I heard about this, I was happy to, uh, I was, I was um, privileged uh, for you to invite me on. Yeah, and so early in the show as well. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we had Amy Collins on just the other day. We did. Who you know very well. I do know Amy very well. Uh, my housemate. Mm. Um, and uh, she was, uh, and she was very excited. Uh, you know, like of course I don't want to speak for Amy, but uh, she was, she was really excited uh, to, to kind of come on. Um, and she, I heard it went inc 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 incredibly well. It did, and she was so hyped. Which, um, when you consider the components, yourself and Amy, um, having a, a great conversation, how could it not go well? It was the first one too, so uh, it was more structured than this. Mm -hmm. um, let us know in the comments if you prefer more like an open discussion videos like this, or um, if you have seen the, the interview with Amy, if you prefer questions fired. Um, but it would be interesting for people to let us know in the comments mm -hmm. if they prefer an open discussion yeah. or uh, just, um, you know, asking questions might make feel a bit more like you're in the hot seat. Mm. I, I think chatting like this might be better. Mm. But anyway, I think we are going to ask Amy back on in a couple of weeks as well because uh, um, her life is ever changing. Mm. She's preparing for the, uh, the lockdown to ease. She is. So uh, she's got a lot of work on her plate at the minute as well. So it'd be Cool to do a catch-up later in a couple of weeks. Yeah, for sure. And um, Amy, obviously, um, always incredibly warm and engaging company <clears throat> and such an inspiration to many, myself included. Yeah, and so. myself. <laughs> but anyway, guys, thanks for watching. Thanks to Marty. Thank you for having me.
all the information, like I said, descriptions, peace out.